Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex. Or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to a very special episode. I always say it's a very special episode. To me, in my heart, all these episodes yes, are very special. But this is episode 92 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running anthem podcast in the universe. And it's pretty awesome that we made it this long, that we just keep going despite the echo chamber of positivity that we have going on here, because all we say is, all we ever say is good things about Anthem. Never bring up the negative, never bring up the good feedback. All it is is saying, hey guys, this is awesome, and we're just going to keep playing that. That's what we do here on the Freelancer Codex podcast. Um, Today on episode 92, we have a special guest with us. If you are watching live on YouTube, you can see that Wade from Mulehorn Gaming is here with us today. So Wade, welcome. We're glad to have you on the Freelancer Codex podcast. And so we got to meet up at E3 um yeah. e3 yeah we were at ea play 2019 it's the first time we met we've talked a couple times before on the interwebs and um mutual friend of the show lupo has said a lot of terrible things about you so we figured <laughs> we would have you on He's the show always like wow you should you're gonna do that you should that lupo guy <laughs> yeah so we figured we'd have you on the show to see if what lupo said was true so far it's proven correct you're a terrible person but we're glad to have you here on the show. Um, we really appreciate it. So we're also here with Devin and JD, but they're not as important. Mike is actually <laughs> gone on vacation. He actually went back to Disneyland. So after EA Play, we spent the day there. He's like, man, I got to go back. So he went back in a week, and he's been there, you know, Star Wars land, just enjoying all the time that he spent there. So he's kind of being a jerk, and we're holding down the fort while he is off doing that fun stuff. So good for you, Mike. Good for you. So, Wade, I would like you to tell all of our fantastic listeners, like, what you do, um, tell us about The Shed, tell us about how you got started in content creation, why you guys picked Anthem to to, uh, cover an Anthem, and all that fun stuff. So, do you want the long version? Because I can give you the long version. Uh, It's it's a little lengthy, but... Let's start uh, long, and then we'll tell you to be quiet if we need to. (laughs) All right. Uh, so I guess I should start with the most obvious, which is people are like, what's a mule horn? You know, um, I always get that. They're like, where'd you get that name? And it actually goes way, way back. I have an older brother, uh, an older brother and younger sister. But me and my brother kind of grew up where we played video games and we started on a Tandy 1000. And one of the first games we ever played was Ultima. Now, if, I don't know if you guys have ever played it. but I have, uh, yes. So I grew up in a farm in West Texas, and so we didn't have much else to do besides eat dirt because it was always dusty and <laughs> play video games, you know. So <laughs> we we played Ultima, and we had to figure out a character name, and we're like, oh, what's kind of cool medieval-looking dude? Well, they always have horns. Let's just do a mule horn. So that's where the name came from. And uh, how everything started, man, it, it's um, it's kind of a weird story, but – uh, my wife and uh, she works for them now, but friends of ours got on shark tank and they like got on with, got a deal with Barbara. My wife starts working for them. So I start listening to a lot of like the business advice that Barbara gives out. And one of the things she always says is like, start something that you love, like start with a hobby or something you love and see if you can turn it into a business or, and, and see where it goes from there. If it doesn't work. You're still going to be doing something you love. Um, 
and I always just found out, and you guys probably know this because you play on console as well, but like we'd be in party chats playing games and just hamming it up and having a good time. Right. And like, it's yeah. like, man, why don't we do a podcast and just put this out there? You know, it's so fun. And uh, that's where it kind of started. Our first few episodes were rough. Uh, yeah, I, I can imagine. imagine. I think that's everybody who makes a podcast. Or yeah. I mean, you know. yeah, their first few episodes, uh, they didn't have me. So it was. We, might, we might go then, back to those days. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's like uh, it was just a lot of fun, and it, we learned along the way. We didn't really even give our podcast a name. We just called it the Muhorn Gaming Podcast, and. It wasn't until maybe last year we actually named it the Analog Assault Podcast. Um, but the podcast grew. It grew into a website. Um, we're finally getting into things like YouTube and a few other things like that. And it's taken us to Gamescom. It's, you know, PAX, uh, EA Play, meeting you guys. And uh, it's it's been pretty awesome, man. It's been a fun ride. And I can't wait to see where it goes from here. And, and the the fun thing about content creation and like, you know, just starting a podcast, I mean, podcasts are pretty simple to get started. Like yeah. all you need is you don't even need like the best equipment, right? You just need a computer, you need a microphone. And I think the main thing you need is just like the drive to be like, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to be consistent because tons of podcasts start every, every week, every day. Yep. There's another podcast. When Anthem was starting up, it seemed like every week there was, there was a new one. And it's great that people like have the drive, have the desire to do that. But it's like, you know what? Just just stick with it. Don't feel bad yeah. because no one's listening. Like people will eventually listen. If you put out content and you do it consistently, people will find you. And I think that's yep. kind of a hard thing that when people do start, they just kind of stop because they're like, well, no one's listening. It's like, well, yeah. you know, don't go with the expectation that you're going to like, you know, blow up the internet in the first couple months that you do a Overnight podcast. success. It's a grind, man. It it is a grind, and if you're if you're in it for the reason to like be internet famous, I don't think that's going to work out for you. <laughs> yeah, that would take years, if ever, if it ever happens. But I mean, we've we've been doing it now for I don't know, almost like four years. But we've we've slowly evolved as well because um, you know streaming's really taken off in the last two years, and we met this guy named Bizzo, who's amazing guy. Uh, he's was a partner streamer on mixer he created a community called the shed and it was like just you're my best friend man you're my brother we just fit in really well and um they kind of helped us with streaming and getting that off the ground and so now we we actually do the podcast almost like a like a live show rather than just a podcast it's kind of intermingled together um but the shed team those guys are amazing they've helped so much and you know I get to meet cool cats like you guys. We are the coolest of cats. So if you were to give advice to to someone that's listening to the show, that listens to your community, and they're in the back of their mind, they're thinking, "Man, I could do this." What advice would you give to? What advice would you give them? Just do it. Here's here's a really really cool story. Just do it, man. Yeah. So <laughs> so here's here's how I started the podcast, our podcast. So I didn't I didn't have any equipment. I didn't have a mic. I didn't have like a great pc anything like that uh so i just did a little research on youtube and you know what i did i had a xbox 360 podcast mic or microphone you know that you could play rock band on yeah i had an old xbox box 
So I stuck it in a hole in the Xbox box as a, as a stand and used that <laughs> and plugged that USB mic into my, on my laptop and recorded our uh, audio on Audacity and started the podcast that way. So there's really no excuse not to start. If you want to do it and it's something you love, just do it. Now, if Tony Stark can build an arc reactor in a cave in Afghanistan, <laughs> you guys can start a podcast. <laughs> I mean, exactly, right? And, it, and I, I encourage anyone that's even like has the idea like, hey, I, I kind of want to do this. Like you said, just do it. Just start. Start somewhere. The, the thing that I tell myself anytime that we record a podcast is like, there's so much crap out there that people listen to. Like I can make crap that sucks and people will listen to it because they're listening to that other stuff that sucks. So if we all make sucky stuff, people are going to listen. So that's what I keep telling myself anyway. You just try to elevate ourselves a little bit above the suck. But. Yeah, you just, just put it out there. People buy it. It's like all that stuff you see at Hobby Lobby. Like who would ever buy this? And someone comes along and they buy it. So just put it out there. Just do it. That's so. quality stuff at Hobby Lobby. I'll have you know. Yeah. So anyway, let's get to the couple <laughs> housekeeping stuff. So if you have any questions, if you have comments, you can um, write us an email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. If you have questions or feedback, if you have bad feedback, you can send that to devinnigren at gmail.com. Um, or you can sure, leave sure, us a voicemail me. at 505-386-7917. We will put those on the air. Use that number. Um, it's a lot of fun when you guys call in and we get to hear that stuff. Also, really cool thing happened this week. We got a new boss, Mikal. Uh-huh. I, so it's I think it's Michael, but it's like, Michael! I think that's how you pronounce that. So we have a new boss, Michael. We really appreciate the support that you're giving us on Patreon. So if anyone else would like to become our boss and tell us what to do, how to do it, and um, what t-shirt JD should wear every week, you can do that at patreon.com slash freelancer codex. So. He's like, wait, I didn't sign up for this. What's going uh, on? I think it's I mean, you just I'm didn't not, read the I'm email. Not, I, think. I think the next Patreon boss is going to tell us that JD needs, needs to be clean shaven every week um that might have to be a big it'll be full back next week i guarantee (laughs) it where's the the beards guys you need to i i I lost you should see last last week jd was completely almost clean shaven for and it was like the weirdest thing ever i i lost mk11 uh at a party and i lost a bet and yeah the beard was shaved in the for the first time in like two years so Julia says Man. JD will have to wear an anime cat girl shirt every time. <laughs> so, I like it. And I, I actually can't grow a beard, that. unfortunately. It's not in my jeans. So, all right. So let's move on to all the fun stuff. We got some news, guys. So we're going to let Keanu um, tell us about our news. All right. I got to talk to you about something. All right, so the news that we got this week, we have several patches that we're going to talk about, and we're going to talk about some melee changes. So all these updates are hitting the PTS. We don't have any updates to the live game as of yet. I think they're really focusing down on the Cataclysm that's going to be releasing, and then all those updates that are going to be applied to the Cataclysm will be applied to the live service game at the same time. So unfortunately for all the console users, you're not going to have a lot of these updates, I don't think, for quite a while. Because I'm guessing this until stuff, the comes out. until the Cataclysm comes out, I'm guessing the first two weeks are going to start towards the end of July. So, I mean, you maybe have three weeks that you have to wait. But at least we, as PC players, will get to try out a lot of this stuff. And if it's broken, we'll, you know, it'll it'll be broken and fixed before you guys have to see it. So I We're guess used they're... to playing broken things on PC. That's just how PC games are. <laughs> That's true. They're broken, so and we, we will 
take that. We'll take that hit so all you console players can be like, hey, this is working. And, you know, it'll be because of all that hardworking PC master race that is out there trying to get their frames up. It really is a sacrifice, (laughs) to be honest. All right, so a couple things that they changed. The Shaper Storm events. Based on player feedback, creatures now spawn while waiting for the timer to finish counting down. So currently, for you console players that don't have access to the PTS, there is an event that is scattered around um, free play where there's a giant crystal out there um, in a certain area of the map. I don't remember off the top of my head what area of the map it is. But there's a giant, there's a giant crystal. It's I don't know. It's probably about like a hundred feet tall. It's in multiple parts, right? So yeah. it's not just a crystal. Well, it's, well, it's a crystal, and above it, there's a shaper storm. I'm going to call it a shaper storm. They, it's a shaper storm event. Um, so yeah. those are on a 20 minute um, cooldown. So they'll two of them will spawn. Well, one of them will spawn, and then you have 20 minutes until you can actually get into that thing. So you kind of fly around, you can do a couple things waiting for that event to happen, and then once it happens, you can jump in there. Previously, there were no enemies around, so once you killed all the enemies, it was just, hey, I guess I'm going to go do something for 20 minutes. Now they have chimeras and elementals that will continuously spawn in this area, so at least you have something to do. Um, From my experience, they don't drop loot, they just drop health and ammo packs, so I don't know how big of a difference that change will actually be. Um, um well, I can tell you, right, since I played it a lot yesterday, several times. <clears throat> so I mean it it's gives you something to do, but they don't really drop anything. Um it was kind of just like I it was fun for a few minutes, but when you're hanging out for like ten minutes and just constantly shooting wave after wave and getting nothing and nothing happens, um, it gets a little old after a little bit. But um if it like I'm sure it you know, once the cataclysm comes out It'll work towards goals and progressions of like killing that specific enemy types, you know, the elementals and that kind of stuff. So then it'll be fine. But right now you're just killing enemies, waves and waves. And then sometimes crystals will pop up and you have to kill, destroy the crystals. And then different enemies will, sh- will show up. And, um, but most of the time I just found, um, cause I was doing a bunch of that yesterday after I was going through the cataclysm, I was doing free play cataclysm events and, uh, I was just like, well, I'm just going to go wait over here and go get a drink and come back. Um, because if you fly away, sometimes the timer disappears, so you don't know how long it tells. So it's, it, it spawns, and you don't want to miss it. And so it's kind of – it's because if you fly too far, it just goes off your screen. Right. So you end up just kind of like hanging out there and shooting these enemies that just keep spawning, but they, they don't give you anything. So – I think it'd be cooler if they had, you know, apex creatures and those kind of things that would like drop higher tier loot and uh, give you more to do um, besides just killing the, the, the low, low level. Enemies. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why they wouldn't put apex creatures in there. Cause well, I mean, they, they want you to be drawn towards the event. So there needs to be a reason right now. Currently, if you go into the event, there's a chance of getting three chests first. And, you know, the reward scale is you open up those chests. So, I mean, that's the draw already. But I guess just having something fun to do. I mean, if if there is a timer on your map that tells you, hey, this is how long it's going to go, then you don't have to hang out there. I mean, that's an option. Yeah. Go do that, some free play events. Fix it. The timer was there all the time so you could see it. Um, yep. You know, I mean, because you can mark it and nobody, because you can actually mark things on the map now. So you can see it and it'll give you like the cookie crumb, like you go this way and fly over there. Um, 
but uh, it doesn't have a timer. So like if you fly, like I said, if you fly a certain distance away, the timer disappears off the top right of your screen. And so you, I was constantly like, okay, I'm going to go do, there's a world event over here. And I'm like, okay, I have 10 minutes. Okay, let me go do this really quick and come back. And hopefully I get back in time or, or not, you know, or um, I was just like, oh, I don't want to miss the timer because one time I went away and I had like seven seconds when I got back to it just to get in there because I was doing a world event and wasn't paying attention and I was by right. myself. So. <laughs> I mean, it, it's they've the the added effects that they put on those things look like they look very they're they keep going closer to what we saw in the 2017 um uh-huh. E3 reveal. So they're getting larger, more effects. So that that part's cool. Hopefully eventually they'll get I don't know if they'll ever get to the uh, the level of debris blowing around. I don't I don't I just don't think consoles could probably handle that. Um but you know, they might be getting close, so Maybe next generation consoles would be there. So uh, the next thing that they the console players here. Yeah, I know. PC <laughs> master race over here. But... For being here. We appreciate it, Mule. You're replacing JD on the podcast. I don't know if you knew that. So the cataclysm scoring, this is something that wasn't in place before. Like changing difficulty is now there. So if you put it on, if you put it on easy, you're not going to get as many points as you would on Grandmaster One, Grandmaster Two. And I guess Mule, I I would like to get your take on the cataclysms on the event itself. You got to play a bunch yeah. of it during um, E3. You got to play a lot more than um, we got to play. Which you know, I'm going to say contributed to the the win that you guys had there over our team, um, and I mean, a lot of other factors. Me. A lot of other factors that that went into play. So, what what is your take on the Cataclysm what? event? I I really think it's something that Anthem needs as soon as they can push it out, um, because it has a lot of the things that uh, I enjoy about games. Uh, one of those being there's a lot of puzzles. And we've seen barely a tip of the iceberg of what we're going to see because we've, I mean, the stuff that we played at EA Play was like the first two-week buildup. It wasn't even the stuff that'll be week eight, you know, when we get to see all the other cool stuff that'll populate in there and little mysteries you have to solve. So the fact that it has like those puzzle mechanics, um, I know most people don't like to hear this, but it it does feel almost raid-esque. Uh, it feels a little bit like um, you'd see a raid in maybe Division or or Destiny or something like that, um, and that you have to have some team unity. You can't just solo it. Um, I kind of like that as well. Um, I think overall it's something that I could I, – like I know that I'm going to play the crap out of it when it comes out because it's something new. And like I'm in that spot with Anthem right now where – um, I'll say, man, I really want to play Anthem, but I don't want to log in to play it right now. But yeah. once I log in and start playing it, the bones and the combat is so good, I get drawn right back into it. Um, and so I just need more. And I think Cataclysm is something that will pull um, the players that were in the game from the original, you know, when they first bought it, it'll pull some players back. It has enough cool stuff and enough mystery that it piqued my interest and i know for the players out there they're just salivating and waiting it's going to be something that they will enjoy um i will say too that i love that that it doesn't really hold your hand um because the first probably three or four times that i played it i was like why do i keep dying how do i stop from dying like i don't know if that was the same experience for you guys but um it took me a while to kind of figure out i was dying from the storm and things like that 
but overall, I think it's something very much needed, and I think it's needed sooner than later. Like you were saying earlier, um, Steve, if, if if it's the end of July, I don't want to like put pressure on the dev team, but I feel like we need this like beginning of July at at the latest. No, I mean, I, I was I was saying something similar uh, last week because while the PC players have the PTS with which to experience that new content uh, on a more regular, albeit, you know, kind of buggy basis. The fact is, is that the console players don't have a lot to chew on at the moment. Yeah. And the, the, like the PS4 player, PS4 players, the Xbox players, like we're still here and there's just not enough happening because basically while some improvements have been made, you know, in the last month or so, there has not been enough, or at least to the same degree as putting the PTS in. Like, we don't have the same amount to chew on. And I've been playing the last couple of days, uh, you know, just trying to see, like, I've been trying to get more legendaries, trying to do a few other things as well. And again, once you start playing, it pulls you back in because it's just so much fun. Yeah. But once, But once you've had that fun and you've done you know, everything that you've come to do, there's not a lot of good reasons to stay beyond that. And so yesterday and today, I played Anthem for probably a good, you know, two, three, four hours. And then after that, I ended up switching to uh, Minecraft or Judgment on the PS4 because I, like, I'd had my fill of Anthem and it was time to, you know, do other things. But there's just nothing for the console guys to chew on at the moment. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm not going to say that, hey, this is a fact, but I mean, if, with the amount of updates that they're pushing to the PC, I don't, I mean, because we know console patches and stuff, depending on how they do it, they had to, have to go through certification. So I don't know how that works on a PTS on a console. I've never been on a PTS or a public test realm. I don't think there's realm. ever been a PTS on a console. Yeah, so I mean, so, that yeah. that's part of the reason, I'm guessing, because they have I mean, to pay if, per if patch. alphas. But. It, it's true. I mean, I mean, this is that's basically what this is. We have a different launcher for it, so um, I, I don't know. Um, hopefully, the, I mean, they said that the PTS is going to come to consoles eventually. Hopefully, you guys will get it. But then again, it's like you know, you, you're still just playing a PTS, right? It's still just for the yeah. for the sole purpose of finding bugs, making sure yeah. things are better, and like even for me, like. While while the PTS was out for that first week, I played a lot of it, went through the Cataclysm a bunch, and I was like, okay, I'm kind of done with this because at, at some point you feel like, okay, I've tested the PTS. There's not much more I can do in there until they add more updates. You provide the feedback that you have. So it's not something like, hey, I'm going to dive into the PTS. I'm going to play the PTS for 10 hours, and I'm going to try to push the score. I mean, some people probably do that. But for me, it's like, okay, the PTS, you have a specific purpose to find bugs, figure out what's broken, give good feedback, and then move on. So at least that's something a little extra that the console players don't have. Um, and I and I totally feel the, the desire to want something more. Um, so that's why I bought a PC, so I don't have to feel that that desire anymore so um but one of the things that i do like about having the pts is it seems like they're listening to a lot of the a lot more of the feedback on answers.ea or whatever the website is we're having a lot more communication there from jesse which has been amazing i think a lot of that communication is something we've been asking for 
since the launch of the game. We want to know, hey, why are you guys making this decision? Can you explain why you made this decision? Like what the theory behind it was? So we're getting a lot of that, which is super awesome. Um, and we'll talk about a lot of that when we talk about the melee stuff that they're coming in because they, they dropped a lot in these last two updates. So a couple of things that they said. Um, based on player feedback, notifications were added to inform the player of each tier in the Shaper when each tier of the Shaper Storm event happens. So a little bit more notification because a lot of times when you jump into free play, you don't really know what you're supposed to be doing. And this was feedback we even gave at EA Play. It's like, hey, we need a purpose of when we go into these events because a lot of times, like you said, Wade, when you jump into the Cataclysm, there's no information. You have no idea what's going on. And that'll probably come when, you know, story and stuff drops. They'll probably explain that a little bit more. But at first glance, you're like, why am I dying? I don't understand it. So um, next couple things they have. So Vara now drops loot after she's defeated. She wasn't doing that before. She's doing that now. Um, So that's a lot of fun. And then they lower the difficulties of the Valkyries and the story missions. And JD, Wade, did you guys get to play the story missions at all while you guys were at EA Play? Um. So I have it on my my personal PC, and I started it, but I never got the chance to finish it because you know, dad life, four kids. <laughs> so <laughs> right, it's like I always get to doing something. And I'm like, I gotta go do this. But uh, I I'm kind of I'm at that weird spot too with the PTS where I want to play it and I want to see it, but I also don't want to see it because I want to play it when it comes out, and I don't want to feel too burned out when it comes out. Um, so I'm like in that weird seesaw of, oh, I want to go see what happens. I'm going to go watch this YouTube, but what, what it is, it's really good. Yeah. Like I want to wait, you know, (laughs) I'm 100% feel you on that because you do. It's like, if I do this now, when it comes out, it's like, it's not going to be new. It's not going to be special. And it's just going to feel like I've already done this. Right. Right. So, I mean, and, and that's a hard feeling to get over. Um, that's why generally when PTS has come out for games, I'm like, eh, I'll probably just wait for the live version. But then it's like, well, if you cover Anthem, how do you ignore that? Right. You kind of right. have to be able to get in there and talk about it. it. Yeah. So you have to, you have to sacrifice for your community. So we're sacrificing all these story spoilers for everyone out there listening. So <laughs> we do it for you guys. It's definitely enjoyable. I, I enjoy it for the kids. Yeah. So the next thing that they did, they also released another patch on the 25th. A lot of the same things um, that they talked about from the 21st were in here. So we'll just kind of break down a couple things in here. Also, if you are playing on PC, um, don't forget to fill out the surveys that they put out. They're looking for some specific feedback on some things so that they have those in those surveys. So fill out the surveys, provide your feedback, and you know let's let's help to make Anthem the game that we all want it to be. Um, but we're an echo chamber of positivity, so this game is fantastic. Don't change anything. Okay, <laughs> Don't th- they had they put in their PTS their their seasonal store, but currently there's nothing in there except for shards. So if you go in there, you can buy a large shard for the cost of a thousand small shards, and then you can buy a component. Uh, uh, shoot, what were they called, Devin? It's the the items that they had for sale in there. I'm blanking on the name. The support gear. So you can buy a support yes. gear for one large shard and a thousand um, small shards. I don't know if any of these numbers are final. There's nothing else in there that gives us a basis of it what you can like get. <clears throat> it does seem like a lot. Um, consider. I don't know, Devin. You probably have a lot of shards, though, because you've been going in. You've been playing yeah, a have, lot of... Uh, like 1,400 shards. So Dang, dude. 
And and that's Wait, just now, from exploring. That's not even from completing yeah, the. That's just from exploring and not really doing anything. And, and are we talking like when when you guys say shards, like it's a new economy that comes with the cataclysm. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, because I, I was I was thinking like the the premium currency shards. Oh no! So this isn't anything that you have to buy. I will pull it up and I'll figure out the exact names for them. So they're crystals. So you can find minor crystals, crystals yeah. and major crystals. So in and we, it's kind of weird in that store, unless these are just placeholders, that you would be able to buy minor crystals because the cost on there says one major crystal. So I'm guessing this is all just placeholder stuff and it doesn't mean anything right now. Um, but there was a post that they're going to try to update this so we can actually see what those war chests look like. Um, yep. So we're just going to kind of have to wait and see on those. So anytime they put any information on the store, I get a little bit nervous because the current store that we have, I think, is terrible. Um, so I'm like, I really don't sure. want this store to be terrible. I want this store to work and function and feel like the time that we are investing in it is worth it. Because if right. the time invested is not worth it, I think that'll be the one thing that actually kills the cataclysm for a majority of players. If you feel like you can't get this, the gear that you want or the items that you want, that will, it, it can be the best content that's ever been released. But if you feel like you're wasting your time and not getting that currency, then it just kind of kills everything, right? Hate to be the Debbie Downer on that, but it's got to work. It all has to work as a cohesive unit. If one of those spokes is off, the bike falls over or something. I don't know. There's some saying about that. Okay. So next couple things, like the Shaper Storm events, they added a lot of um, visual effects. Um, Creatures now spawn while they're waiting. Um, They did a lot of updates to Vera now. Previously, Vera would just kind of stand there and teleport around. Now we've got a lot of animations. We've got some um, visual effects that she has around her now. So that fight is becoming more and more dynamic. Um, She actually has phases of different things that she's doing now. And those things are going to continue to change, going to continue to evolve. So even if you had jumped into the PTS previously and you're like, hey, I've seen everything that I need to see. Um, they've added a lot to it. They've added all the story missions that are going to be in this update. Um, we'll talk about those a little bit later. We'll do that without spoilers. Unless we do spoil it, then we'll put a big notification as, hey, we're going to spoil the story stuff. Because I think there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about in there. It's cool. Um, melee attacks. Let's go ahead and talk about melee attacks. So we have new melee weapons that they put into the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Wade and JD, you guys have been able to try these out. But... Devin and I have been able to go in, and um, Devin, comparing, because your play is the Interceptor, Interceptor uses melee all the time, how do they compare from what you had previously? <clears throat> so now that they actually have a full melee system that actually matters, um, so that was the first thing, like after this update, before I saw uh, Jesse's post, uh, that actually explained, you know, that the item level actually goes into takes into effect for how much damage you're doing with your melee. And I was like, man, uh, the PTS last last week, I was just absolutely destroying people with melee, and now I was like, garbage <laughs> with melee. But that's because I had a low level. Uh, I just had like an epic in there right now for my melee weapon. Um, right now, I, I've only seen two different types. One's just a straight up damage, and then one's does acid plus damage. Um, the straight up damage one. So the, the whole thing still again is, you know, green versus red bars and what actually matters, uh, what doesn't matter because 
I can go into like uh, an acid one, and that only does like 91 damage, but it also does <clears throat> like 25% acid damage, which doesn't give you stats, right? doesn't say if it's better or worse than the regular melee one, which does 900 damage. So just from the damage output, you know, the regular one looks way better, right? Right. But upon when I test it, the acid one does way more damage because it does the 25% acid damage. And it has the debuff to all damage after that. Yeah. And so it's like their green and red bars still don't make sense and don't work, you know, because we're used to seeing, okay, the majority of these things are all green. That should mean this is way better than this other one, which only has one green bar. And that's not working properly or the the visual cues that people are used to aren't uh working properly or they're not being taken into account i i could i would say it's it's either that or we're just not seeing the full picture because we don't have a stat sheet right i mean maybe well i think that's the the biggest thing is the stat sheet that would really help that um you know because like in diablo you can have things that are good you know but you can see the actual effect on the stats with uh, with everything that's combined there so yeah, I think that, again, that's a big thing that they're missing and a big problem because you can't really create. I mean, we have to go do our own trial and error and our own uh, testing, you know, to figure out what what build actually works and, you know, and what does more damage. So, yeah, and, and it's a problem because a lot of games, they automate that for you. And that's kind of what we've come to expect from an RPG. So when you don't have it. It just kind of leaves you scratching the head like, come on, guys, this is an RPG. This is something that is kind of standard in every other RPG we've ever played, even in the games that you've made previously. So, and I understand that, hey, they didn't have a lot of time. That was something that got pushed to the back burner, but I think we need that sooner rather than later. And it's something that they have talked about that they are working on. So hopefully they get that thing ironed out and maybe it comes with the cataclysm. Maybe it comes after the cataclysm. I don't know, but it needs to come sooner than later. Yeah. But the melee can be with their new system can be way better than what it is now. And I think you're going to read over that or or talk about that. Yeah, we can can Uh, talk about the melee system now and then we can go back to all these updates. So this is from Jesse um, Derekaz. Derekaz. I don't even know how to say that. I always say Derekos in my my head. But um, whatever whatever that means, Jesse, we'll just call him Jesse. Okay, so they made some changes on the PTS to the way melee damage is calculated. I chatted with some of the team, and they were able to give me a very detailed breakdown on these changes so that, so that you all can better understand the intent as you provide feedback. Below is that breakdown. And like just that line of like, hey, guys, we want you to be able to give us better feedback. So let's give you this information. It's like, hey, that's like a novel idea that we've been talking about forever. Anyway, enough about that. So melee damage changes. Previously, melee damage started at a base value, then automatically increased in power based on the average gear score of the player. So this is one of the reasons why so many players were able to get insane ultimate damage numbers and melee damage numbers, because it was based on your average gear score. That's why when you removed your support slot, your average went up because everything was at 75 instead of being brought down by a epic um, support gear. So everyone would do that. Your melee ultimate damage would grow up, would go up because they scaled with your average number. All right. So they changed that. So let's see. This had the effect of emulating an item of the average rarity. And so let me see. I'm going to skip all that. This means that if players want to get their... Nope, I skipped. I lost it. Okay, now that melee is its own actual item, it no longer uses the automatic scaling. 
but uses actual real scaling for the item and the bonuses that occur on that item. This means that if players want to get their melee damage back to what it was, they need to get a melee weapon of the appropriate rarity with similar inscription rolls. However, because it's an actual item now, there's a much higher ceiling potential than there was previously, as our assumed inscription bonuses are in the middle of the possible bonus range to the math for examples. And they go over a lot of math that, you know, at the old system, they were able to do if your ranger was a level 30 legendary ranger or like 825 gear score, you could do um, 33,000 damage per hit. But on the new system, you're able to push that a little bit higher to like 39,000 damage per melee hit, which is, you know what, it's, I mean, that's kind of a big difference. Not only that, it kind of adds more variety to the builds you can have. It gives you more options to select the things that you actually want to select. So the more options we have, and I've, I've always said this, like, hey, you know, give us more options. So this is another gear piece that we're getting something that they can improve in the future. Hey, maybe they change it from just being like a, a mace to a hammer. So there's a lot of things that they can do with the melee um, item slot that we have now. So I think overall, this is a net win for the player. This isn't something like, hey, they're nerfing everything. It's just something more that we're going to have to grind for. More builds are going to be possible for melee builds. So, I mean, overall, I think the melee stuff is awesome. I think it's probably going to be the best for the Interceptors because they have the best melee builds out there currently. So, mm-hmm. so with this new system, I mean, does this excite you guys at all? Or is this just like, oh, I, th- I think if Mike were here, he'd be like, I don't want to track another thing. But does this excite you guys? Yeah. It does for me, right? So, I mean, uh, I, my whole thing, though, is like I, I kept trying to play yesterday to get higher level, um, you know, melee items. But I was still just st- stuck at Epic. So I don't know if there's if that's actually in the PTS yet or not. Um, if it, I mean, obviously, you know, the more slots they have, the less likely, likely you are to get the piece that you're looking for, right? Because there's all these other places where things can, can drop. And so it's tough when you have, you know, masterwork or legendary for everything else. And then you have this one, you know, Epic that is bringing you down and it's not really helping to you know enhance your build but um so like right now my my build is really focused on weapons in the pts because my melee is in such bad shape but right um, and and i think when they talked about the the war chest being able to you know go after a specific piece of gear maybe that system will actually help us focus on what we want to get um and we'll just have to wait until they release that to see how exactly that system is going to work because you're right if you can get any gear piece from any mob in the in the entire game, then it makes it even more of a crapshoot instead of being able to focus on, hey, this is where this drops, this is where this drops. Um, so we'll just kind of have to wait to see. Maybe they'll up all those drop rates and it'll be easier to find more gear. I'm not sure. Wade, does this excite I, I, you? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they're doing this because there needs to be a little bit added depth um, with the way you can do your builds and things like that. Uh, The only thing that makes me a little nervous is I hope they don't swing too far on the pendulum and make it to where I'm spending the the majority of my time mid-maxing because I do not want to play another game where I'm having to constantly Um, mid-max. I thought that was the point of Anthem. 
No, I, I, I want a, hap, a happy I mean, medium, right? I want a happy to have medium. to. Your gut, your, you know, skin can suck. But. Yeah, but man, like, okay, like, that's one of the things that killed the division for me, right? Is like, I, I would get this loot and loot would rain everywhere, right? And I'd get this loot and I'd spend the next 15 minutes trying to min max my gear with this new loot. And I don't want to have to do that. Now, I want a little bit of a balance there. Sure, I want some cool stuff that I can play with and do new builds and things like that. I just hope, you know, like the pendulum right now is like on zero and it's swinging toward getting us more customization, which is good. I just hope it doesn't swing all the way to like the 90% side where, you know, now you're stuck mid-maxing most of the game um, or stuck chasing that one piece of gear that you want to make your whole build work. I don't think there's, I mean, I'm fine with the loot chase. I'm really excited about the war chests and what all that's going to be about. Um, because that's going to be something like the carrot that we can all chase. Uh, but as far as melee, I think it's a really, really good step. I think it's something that we can enjoy uh, as RPG players. Um, I also think it's something that makes me a little nervous because I don't know how far they're going to, you know, swing on that on that pen, uh, pendulum. So Thaddeus yeah. from the chat says he sure doesn't. The rest of the squad is always checking at loot. And Mule is Mulehorn Jenkins nope. seeing it somewhere. So Dude, you sit there. Okay, that's one of my pet peeves, man. You get the loot and you get it geared up. If you sit there for 20 minutes, I'm gone. So I'm not waiting I'm for this. Next time. Yeah, we, we always say, hey, check your gear, level up your stuff on your own time. When when we're playing together, we're playing the game, right? So that's right. And, and I think um the way the cataclysm will work, if you if there are players that want to min max for the sole purpose of pushing those leaderboards, they'll have the option to do that. And other people yeah. that are like, hey, you know what, I just want to go in, play, put it down on Grandmaster 2. I don't need to min max to be able to complete this content, you'll have that option. So hopefully both types of players will get the content that they want out of Cataclysm. And so we'll just kind of have to wait and see if that's something that, that they'll provide for us. Um, I see that that's the thing. Sorry uh, to interject, but like, that's the thing is like, you don't want it to be too far in one direction because then you'll be stuck doing uh, like an event or something. And people are stuck looking at their menus when you're like, Hey, I'm trying to finish this. Let's finish this guys. Then you can, you know, check out your gear and do that stuff. But I mean, right. So currently in Anthem, it's, I mean, you pick up gear and you can't decrypt it until you get back to, you can't decrypt it till the end anyway. So hopefully people are, we've had many of players just kind of looking at their menu all the time and not focusing on what they're supposed to do. So I feel that pain for sure. JD, what do you got? You got something? Yeah, I I do. I, I, I am very excited for the new melee system, especially because it's, especially with the, in combination with just the fact that um, you can now change what a, what kind of effect that your melee has, like its mm-hmm. elemental effect, whether it primes or detonates. Like now that you add in the um, the aspect that depending on what you want to prioritize, you know, if you want your melee damage to just be base, or if you want it to be, you know, melee oriented, it, it, this is going to have some profound effects on. Um, players will play styles like it's really going to like change it like i i like mule horn was saying i don't want to see people like min maxing either but i do want it to be a little bit more of something where you you, it makes you think about how you're going to play yeah like you think about your play style like as a like as somebody who mostly plays a colossus it's like 
I'm already thinking of two different ways I can go with this. I mean, if I go with my like, you know, firewalls, uh, you know, flamethrowers, you know, things like that, then obviously I'm going to want to have a detonating melee build focus because I'm going to be in there. I'm going to be burning people up, detonating those combos, getting the massive damage off. (laughs) Yeah. But if I just want to go with base damage and I don't want to prioritize melee so much, maybe I want to go full, full, like full artillery, you know, have the, the, the burst mortar or, uh, you know, the rail gun or something like that, where I'm detonating combos from afar or priming things like it, it's going to have a big effect on how people play. And I, I think this is really a great step in the right direction. And I'm glad they articulated the information to us in the way they did. So, so I just need some clarification because you said you don't want people min-maxing. Are you, are you guys just saying you don't want them doing it while you're playing like a specific event? Or because like I just want to min-max all the days. To control the ebb and flow of the game where it's like... Well, I think I Anthem so, already does that for you, right? So okay. it, it avoids that problem because you can't equip you can't equip new gear while you're out playing, right? Yeah, that, I mean, that you can helps. equip stuff that you have, uh, and you can change things, but only to a certain extent. So you can't kind of do the same thing where, like you do in the Division or or Destiny, when you get new gear and you're like, oh, let me swap this stuff out, or you know, you're going on a yeah. new raid and your friends like, hey, I got these cool new weapons, some that aren't leveled up, but I'm going to try them out. Um, so, <laughs> if I could provide an answer, if I could provide an answer, Shitty, yes, I, I, I think, I, I think what it is for me at least is that I want min maxing to be possible, but not necessary to well, to participate in like just everyday play, or or at least in some of the more challenging content. I can understand it being necessary for like the absolute highest tier of activities and you know things like that, but I don't want it to be necessary to like. For uh, I mean, a good example of this is like um, uh, how how things kind of got in Destiny before I stopped playing, which which was after Destiny Two came out, but before any of I think I think shortly after the first expansion came out, where it was basically like if you didn't have certain guns, if you didn't have certain things as a certain class, people just didn't even want to play with you, and the whole yeah. thing is that I don't want to sacrifice the way I like to play just because. I'm min-maxing. I like to play the way I like to play. And I don't, like, I want it to be possible. I want to min-max my play style, but I don't want to have to make the optimal best version of the Colossus that could possibly exist in all of the combinations of Colossi just to participate in something. I don't want to have to do that. I would rather be JD as a Colossus. But but do you feel like you've had to do that so far at all? Not not so far, but I, but the complaint or the statement wasn't in regard to we've had to do that so far. It's we don't want it to go that way because this is something that if they can if they continue adding more and more details like this, more and more numbers, more and more things to worry about, then the possibility begins to exist. It's not an inevitability, but the possibility begins to exist. Well, do and you I, do you just feel a matter like... of time management for me? Because like. Okay, I have two hours, three hours at the end of every night to play a game. I don't want to spend 30 minutes of that mid-maxing my build when I could be out shooting things and blowing crap up and having fun. That's what it comes down to me. Right, um, but I don't but, mind it having it a little bit, but I don't want it to be the main focus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. But do you guys feel like that's kind of where it's going at all? It, it doesn't have that right now. But where it's going right now, I, I, I mean – I don't think it'll be there right now, 
but I'm just expressing a worry that I don't want it to go that far in that direction, like a good middle ground, like some detail, some customization, but don't make the main point of it to, for me to be in the menus. Cause the thing yeah. that makes Anthem so great is the combat. The combat is just so stinking good. And I want to spend my time enjoying that. Not, Oh, here's this gear. Here's that gear. Here's that gear. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with that, but I don't want it to be the majority of the time I'm playing the game. Yeah. 100% agree. All right. Sorry. I had a quick visitor. Um, so next couple of things. See, now I, now I'm, I have lost my train of thought here. I'm going to bring it back go to the train station. <laughs> okay, so now I kind of want to focus a little bit on the PTS, things that you guys experienced while you were at EA Play, the new stuff that Devin and I have figured out. Um, so there have been a lot of secrets that we've kind of been searching um, for in the, in the PTS. There's a ton of platforms that help you get around more. And I think if 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 people really want to get good at the PTS instead of just having like the most optimal builds, like you guys were talking about, I think you're really going to have to master the play space that the cataclysm is knowing where all the orbs are that extend your time, knowing where the teleporters are, where they go, because otherwise it's actually really hard to get around without dying to the storm. Um, I mean, Okay, fine. So Devin, for some reason, I don't know how this happens or what's going on. Oh so, boy! So Devin has this bug. Master race. So Devin has a bug where the, his interceptor will not die to the storm, like at all. Yeah, yeah. Like the best. I, and so I was like, "Hey, give me a, give me your build, and I'll do the same thing." So equip the same items, same components, everything, and my guy dies. I don't get it. I don't understand why. And even like after Devin does like a complete reinstall of the game. Like, still the same bug is happening, and I don't understand why it's happening for you. It makes no sense. But it also makes it a lot easier for you to discover all this stuff because you can fly around for 15 minutes without dying at all. Um, but if you're anyone else, apparently, you know, it takes a really long time to get around. Get good, Steven. Well, good, and, and maybe I won't ever get to that point, but... <laughs> So I keep dying, keep having to wait 30 <laughs> seconds to respawn, which which is terrible. It takes a lot of time. But, you know, being able to learn the area, figure out where things are, where all the secrets are, you know, figuring out how to open up the layer of the Gravit King, that kind of stuff is a lot of fun. But after I felt like, okay, I've done this enough, I think I've marked everything, the latest patch, they added all kinds <laughs> of new stuff that we don't even know it what it does yet. Around. So they move some things around. All of a sudden, there's like 20 echoes around Vera. We don't know what those echoes are for. We don't know what those echoes do. There's plates. There's bowls that have question marks around them. It's like there's so many extra things that they're still adding that in order to push that leaderboard, I think you're really going to have to master the island more than just, hey, I have the best gear. In those six weeks that it's going to be open, you know, you're going to have to spend a lot of time, you know, or you're going to have to watch other people and figure out what they're doing. Um, <clears throat> and that's also the frustrating part with the PTS because, okay, it's here now, but what is it? Is it even there? Are they just screwing with us? Are they, you know, um, it's like, why is this here? Is it going to be there the next time to do an update? Because, you know, things that are there now weren't there before, like Stephen said, and they're adding more as they go. So I think that'll be kind of the cool thing once it actually comes out, you know, to see, okay, hey, like we're ha- we have a map, we're marking everything, you know. Lots of people are, are kind of doing this where they're 
creating a map of where everything is. And so uh, because I can go in and explore where everything is really easily, um, you know, it's easy for me to find where they've moved echoes or different things. And, and um, so, it's, I mean, it's still a lot of fun. It's a, a lot of fun going around and seeing it. But I think for me, that's going to be one of the key things is to see how, like, it is it really going to be a, a lot different? you know, when it comes out at full release or is it going to be the same, which is, you know, uh, it'd be a little disappointing if it's hundred percent the same, if they give us all the secrets, right? I mean, um, I, I would expect them not to release everything in the PTS so that they can hold some things back. Um, yeah. Because if they, if everything's discovered before it releases into live service, that would be kind of disappointing. But I mean, I, I also don't remember them ever mentioning, um, because I know they, they can change it on the fly. They talked about that at uh, mm -hmm. EA Play with us, saying, hey, we can move stuff around, we can activate this stuff, we can take this stuff away. So, And I'm guessing with each week to week, they will be changing that stuff, just so it's not the same. But when you think about all the things that you can do, like learning all the paths, it seems like eight weeks isn't very long for this type of uh, event. You, you only have six weeks because two weeks is precursor events. Right. So you actually only have six weeks in the Cataclysm. But, I mean, granted, they hinted at, you know, it'd be strange. You know, you have all this content you made and then it just magically disappears afterwards, you know. So um, I'm, I'm thinking it'll stay around. They'll obviously have to figure out some kind of crazy, you know, lore example way to keep it there so you can go to the alternate reality basically uh, the <laughs> like seasonal content alert. kind of a thing yeah yeah but then I, then i'm guessing that you would have to change the enemies that are you that you're fighting in there because towards the end i'm going to guess you're going to be like hey we saved the day and this thing is gone now and if it were to come back and it were to come back with the same boss if it comes back with vera and you're like i destroyed vera last time but now she's back but yeah. i guess the anthem can explain everything because we've got some pretty crazy stuff Anthem going does on with what the it does, anyway. And it doesn't matter what you think. <laughs> it and, and, and it, it really doesn't. Does. So yeah. the Anthem the is like a... is the most powerful MacGuffin ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like the deus ex machina of everything. It's like, yeah, it just does it. It just did it. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the full release. I don't think I'm going to be... I mean, we'll try to push that leaderboard. But I don't think that's kind of like the focus that we have. We just kind of want to have fun, explore and see what's out there. And you know what? I think we'll probably, we should put together uh, an Anthem Premier League for the Cataclysm when it launches. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to plan on doing that. I will get out some information on when we're going to do that. I'm guessing it's going to be around the first week or second week of August. And we'll just do a raid race between a bunch of the our communities and see, you know, who comes out on top. So it's it's all going to be whoever's min maxing and whoever learns that map the best. <laughs> yeah, and and really so that's what it's going to be. You're not going to min max. No. Yeah, Lupo's going to take it this time. Man, as long so... as they don't screw around. All right, that was a tight race. Uh, all right, Wade. So as as leader of Mulehorn Gaming and all things Mulehorn, yeah. how disappointed are you in Lupo that he lost that race representing Mulehorn Gaming? You know, like, man. Just be honest with us. He's not listening right now. You can be, you can tell us. It's fine. It's true. You can tell I mean, us the full story. I'm just have to sit down with him. You know, we we I think we would have won, but our boss glitched out at the end on us. So, it, it, man, that <laughs> was out, or did you just stand around and not do anything for? No, it it got glitched out, man. It was like weird it was like, <laughs> location <laughs> where it spawned. It's true. Yeah. It, so it's like, man, we we could have won that. We that that was an exciting was really race. Fun. Yeah. That was definitely one of the highlights we had with with Anthem so far. 
All right, so really quick, we're going to just finish up a couple more things because we've almost been going on for an hour. And as much as it's fun to talk about bugs that they fixed, um, people can go read those. We'll put the show notes. Um, we'll put those links in the show notes so people can access those. And you know what? If you're on console, don't even worry about it. Those will be things that you'll never have to encounter anyway. So just be like, man, thanks, PC players. You did your job for us. All right, so really quick, I want to talk about the cinematics, but I'm going to do it without spoilers. There are... Um, a couple new missions um, in the Cataclysm update that they put out. And I want to talk about, you know, just the animation, the cinematics themselves, I think in this game are really, really good. The way they're shot, the way that they're directed, the one at the end of the Cataclysm main storyline is super <laughs> creepy. There's some, thing, there's some things that happen that just kind of give you this tone of like, the anthem really can do anything, and we have like Making no it control. Worse for everybody who doesn't. <laughs> You're like, what? No, this is like it's. Okay. I'm not spoiling anything. All right, Steven's the hype so, man. He's sell out hyping it up. No. I, I am going to hype it out because it's it's really good. And I think unfortunately, there. I'm guessing because of the way that development went, they didn't get to put in as many cinematics as they wanted to in the game. Some of those cinematics were obviously cut and they had to readjust and put live action stuff in them. But the way they're shot, the way that they're directed, the voice actors, they're really good. Like the ones at the end of this one is a person walking through Fort Tarsus and there's just some narrative as this person is walking through and it's like it gives you this vibe that it's creepy it makes you unsettled because you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next. And it's just really good storytelling. And uh, we need more of it. And I'm excited for the future <laughs> of Anthem that's going to have this type of storytelling. JD's dying over here. I know, and I'm totally ignoring him because I know JD's going to be like, well, that's Bioware. Like, no, this is this is like this is different. This is just good storytelling. And you know what? If we ever had just storylines in the fort. <laughs> It would be amazing. Like, just, I mean, I don't, maybe it was just me, Devin, but did you get any sense of that feeling of storytelling and just how awesome those cinematics are going to be from that last yeah, little no, bit? It was very, I mean, it was a lot of fun going through there and watching it um, and experiencing that part of the story. And, and it does, it makes me very excited for the future uh, of Anthem and everything that they're bringing, you know, all the new lore, all the, uh, you know, characters that they're bringing into play, all the different things that happen, you know, um, there's a lot of cool stuff in here. A lot of things to talk about once it actually comes out, you know, um, I'm sure a lot, it's probably already online because you can stream the PTS and you can show that, you know, you could probably watch it. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure if you really wanted to watch it, you could watch it. Um, but it, it's never going to be as good as it is when you experience it for yourself, you know, watching somebody else experience it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it definitely makes me excited for the future of Anthem and for what, uh, can actually, I mean, the possibilities, I mean, it makes me think that they might have a wooden javelin, you know, maybe <laughs> it, I mean, you could do anything. So there's probably a wooden javelin, but I don't, I don't want, people I mean, to think you could that, do anything. <laughs> I don't want people to think that it's like, you know, Avengers level. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I mean, it's very simple no, it's, storytelling. It's it's in the good. fort, someone walking around, and the narration—it just brings a tone of like, "Oh man, what is what could happen here?" Because it's like, "Oh, 
Like this, I, I shouldn't say anymore because I'll probably end up giving it away. And one thing that I like about this, and I think we, the scale of the javelins to humans is oftentimes lost because the only time we ever see a human and a javelin normally now after completing the crit path is the sentinels that are just standing in the fort and they're usually away from people. But during the cinematic, you actually see like a person in a javelin with the person out of a javelin actually interacting and you get the scale of, wow, these javelins are huge. And it's very imposing to actually see someone in a javelin and feel like, okay, this is why they can survive out there in the wild because they're in their super big, you know, anthem powered um, exosuit so they can go out there and survive. And I think that's really cool, but it's something that, you know, every day you're just like, oh, I'm in a suit and everything's bigger than me. So you kind of lose that scale of how big we actually are. So. Just a couple things I was geeking out about. So we just wanted to, you know, really mess up JD's night and get him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just, just mess my, just mess my stuff up, man. I don't, I don't even care. You'll it's be like, all right, I gotta JD. buy that new graphics card right now. You'll like, be well, all right. What's that, what's that new egg? It costs like one hundred and sixty-three dollars for a ten fifty. Okay. Yeah, that's not gonna be enough. You're gonna. You're, you're gonna want. More I mean, than it's that. enough. It'll it'll work, but yeah. Hey, but anyway, but will it work? Yeah, probably. You're but probably gonna want more. Them on Ultra. All right, real quick, we're gonna end with this because JD had some homework. JD, did you do your homework? Uh, I attempted to. All right, oh. what'd you find out? You you tell me what All you right. found out, then I'll tell you what I found out because the homework we gave JD. Um, the main goal that JD had was to get his gold metal um, texture. And the only way to do that is to grind massive amounts of rep. So, JD, what did you find out for us? So, what I found out while playing, at least uh, during my attempts yesterday, uh, was that you can gain reputation in quite a few ways. But the the most consistent ones in terms of the numbers seems to be the legendary contracts which depending on uh difficulty tends to give about like 200 or 300 or at least based off of the very like not super detailed math that i was doing um because when you're playing it also it gives you out of 150,000 for the entire thing but the only place you can actually see the breakdown of the individual reputations is either on the challenge screen uh actually no i think it's just on the challenge screen actually so when you get the reputation it doesn't really tell you exactly which one it's increasing so when i would go after we'll go back after matches to check to see what my reputation gains were uh i found that uh what was it i think it was 5,400 for uh, one, it was 5,700 for another. And then the lowest one was 3,000, well, 3,000 something. And I think I'm at like 14,700 something. I didn't write down the exact numbers. I didn't know exactly how detailed we were going to get here. But uh, legendary contracts seem to give the most consistent amount, um, small amounts from breaking down materials um it's about as far as i got it just it became a pain to just have to keep on checking the challenge one every time the screen popped up because instead of playing the game and actually enjoying the fun i was having to go back to well, i was having to go back to the menu after every time i did anything that increased reputation gains and depending on the the timing is so inconsistent on it 
as to like when, because sometimes you'll break the thing and your reputation will go up. Sometimes you'll break the thing and the reputation doesn't go up at all. Sometimes you'll complete the stronghold and the reputation uh, notification pops up right at the end of the mission. Sometimes it won't pop up until after you get back to the fort. So, Yeah, they definitely have some issues with how they're tracking rep. But I think so. One of the things that Tony Z. Ruiz, um, listener of the show on Twitter, Twitter said, Twitter, whatever Twitter is. So they were running a bunch of free um, legendary contracts also, JD, and legendary missions. Mm -hmm. So if you run the Fortress of Dawn legendary mission, it actually gives you 150 rep for all three of your factions. So I think if you're lucky enough for that to be the legendary mission... If you grind that out enough times, that's probably the easiest, quickest way to get it because then you're getting triple the amount that you normally would. So this is something to watch out for because this is something I still have to do that I have zero desire to do because I, don't, I really <laughs> yeah. don't want to grind that much rep. And I just, I'm, it really boggles my mind that they haven't said anything or adjusted that amount of rep, um, you know, even after... Well, how many days we've been we've been playing if the games have been out for 132 days and to just it, it be like, would be nice eh. it would be nice if they well if they could start instituting and i think we might have mentioned this on the show a couple of weeks ago uh, it'd be nice if they instituted something like a double reputation day or like events where like oh like this weekend completing world events gets you double reputation or uh, the fort is short on this particular material. So triple reputation gains for gathering this material. Like, I got a million. Here you go. Like, <laughs> like, well, yeah, I mean, but the whole thing is that like, you know, like they, they could be doing something to like make the gameplay feel a little bit different. I know a lot of people would go particularly crazy for some kind of like, you know, weekend where like you get double the coins, that would be nice. Those that things are impossible nice. to do, but, JD. But the reputation, but the reputation thing, like I, I feel design. like that's the only that's the only thing that we have that's still like you know exp kind of like in a very rudimentary sense. But you know, having like a double reputation weekend or like a reputation boost, or uh, like I would like to see that because <laughs> right now, like, what was it? Somebody. I think it was like a couple months ago, somebody on Reddit got the gold and somebody calculated how long you had to play that, well, play Anthem per day up until that point. And it was something, it ended up working out to about like 15 hours a day. Yeah, And that's insane. And mind you, this is a couple months ago. The numbers are surely different now, but you know, that's a lot, 150,000, especially to unlock the ability to craft masterwork components that have like, no value by the time you can craft them. Yeah, like by the time by the time you get there, you're already you're probably going to be maxed out. Like by the time I get there, I'll probably have all legendary components. I don't know if that's saying something. Yeah, that's saying something for JD. I know what I said, but I, that's but how I mean. Long I, but I mean, Wade, if you're doing this, then your team isn't min-maxing. So maybe you got to get your you got to get the shed on earning this golden texture here. You'll spend a lot less time min-maxing. It's like you got to grind the <laughs> Dude, rep. If they just There's... give me stuff to go run around and blow crap up. I'll get it fast. That's <laughs> you'll get it all from. Yeah, and it it also just kind of blows my mind that we haven't had any of those weekends. Every other game does it. Um, you know, hey, here's yeah. your double rep. Here's your double XP. It's not something new. So. I'm not a programmer. It's not my job to figure out how to do it, but I assume that they could do it if they wanted to. So, hey, who knows? 
All right, I think that is going to exhaust all of our topics. We'll put the rest of the patch notes onto our... I mean, you guys could go see those patch notes at... What's the website? EAanswers.com. It's all under their PTS stuff. So before we go, though, Wade, I would like for you to tell all the peoples, all of our chat that's been hanging out with us, where they can find you on the Twitters, on the social medias, uh, everywhere you can be found. Yeah, man. Um, pretty much anything Mulehorn Gaming. So Twitter at Mulehorn Gaming, MulehornGaming.com. You can find us there. Our podcast is the Analog Assault Podcast. Um, extra kudos to you if you can figure out who does the voiceover for the intro. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Um, it was nice to meet you over at EA Play. So hopefully we can do this again. And, you know, hey, we'll get another um, Cataclysm race going on. And you guys can represent and see if you can uh, come out on top this time. Bring it. (laughs) All right, chat. We appreciate you all hanging out with us. Um, We might hang around for a little bit after this. If you have any questions or any random things you want to talk about, we may talk about that stuff here on the air. So until next time, there's a Shaper Storm on the horizon. We'll see you on the other side. Later. There is a button here. There it is. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work.